Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <sighs> Delicious. Today is, sit with me, Friday, Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh, October 14th, and I have filed my taxes. You'll all be relieved to know. Uh, also, for those of you who listened yesterday, this is kind of funny. Remember how I lost that little rubber dam thing to hold on my skeleton earrings and I was like, oh, it fell somewhere in the leaf litter. It's gone forever. <laughs> well, I sat down here this morning and it's sitting right here on the table. Like, I swear you all, it was not here yesterday. It didn't just fall on the table yesterday, but it's like, some thoughtful garden elf found it and left it here for me to find which i greatly appreciate thank you garden elves isn't that funny so any rate i have it back again this is kind of a funny thing i wonder if i can find it now um yesterday i (laughs) for reasons don't don't ask why um I did an incognito Google search and searched and did an image search for me because I was I was basically curious to see which images turned up first for me and one of them was a quote like one of those you know like embedded quotes in a fancy thing and I tried to pin it but then you you can't pin on incognito um and it's a quote from me that I don't remember saying maybe this is how those questionably attributed quotes happen. Let me see if I can find it. It's about magic in everyday life. It sounds like something I would say, but I have no idea where it came from. Hold on. Okay. I found it again and I'll talk to you in a moment. If you're on video, please um, spare a moment of sympathy for my poor impatient that I totally forgot to water yesterday. I raced off to water coffee and then uh, it was a busy day, but I want you to know if you are one of those people on video and you are a gardener and you're looking out there at this poor wilted impatient and going, um, Jeffy, look at this poor wilted impatient. It's got water droplets on it. I totally, oops, (laughs) a little, uh, branch came off. probably shouldn't shake it so vigorously. Uh, I promise it's, it'll be okay. I did water everything now. I'm a bad plant mom. Mia culpa. All right. So let me, um, read you this quote. Maybe I'll even put it on the, um, show notes. So it's something in us recognizes magic when we encounter it, whether we believe in it consciously or not, it affects us and the choices we make. So, those of you who know my work better than I do, is that from something? I, I could make like maybe do a laptop search all of my files for a phrase from that. Um, isn't that weird though? But it does sound like, I mean, I, I don't disagree. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to try to stay on task today. For those of you who 
it went by too fast yesterday and you asked about when is grace draven going to be on we're going to record it this weekend our tentative plan is to record it tomorrow um but one of the core tenets of our friendship is that we uh give each other lots of room for don't want us and things have come up but we'll record it and then I'll put it up and I will um it'll probably be like us you know a special I don't know maybe I'll do it next Wednesday I wonder what the theme is for I'll just probably put it up as a random a random whatever for those of you who didn't listen yesterday uh grace and I are going to try attempt to discuss the the industry things that you should know about the writing business and how we how we spend our days like what ends up taking up so much admin time um an exciting thing for me today is that uh I am going to be talking with Neil Gaiman he has my cell number people and he's going to call uh which I think is um just totally tickles me and (laughs) in fact it tickled me so much that I totally lost my train of thought what was I going to tell you about um business stuff uh oh uh on his email autoresponder uh Neil has this thing that says um you know that he can't always respond to emails and you know and if it's urgent here are people to get a hold of and then he also says <laughs> I should find it because it's funny and right now I don't have internet so I don't know if I'll be able to um well it doesn't matter what what the exact wording is but he says that um if he didn't do this that he's sorry to have to have the auto responder but that if he didn't do this he would be um an emailer instead of a writer which I find charming but it's true that things like email can take up time but it's not just that and so Grace and I are going to discuss that um all right so things that I very deliberately wrote down to make sure to get to today I said that I would talk about series and what works and I'm going to take a slight moment before that I promise not to go down a rabbit hole um one more thing on my rant on this uh debut authors post we talked about it at writer coffee some too yesterday and it was interesting getting other insights on it and one one point uh that she at one point said and let me find it <clears throat> okay one thing that she says it I had to um never mind you don't care uh she says I remind myself that very very little I can do actually makes a significant impact on those sales numbers that's down to marketing and publicity and I don't control either of those and that's one thing that I find especially distressing about this take and I hear this a lot from traditionally published authors um 
and I think that it is, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm not sure it, it, it's a very pervasive attitude within that community for sure. Uh, you will not hear that in the indie self-published community because they are all about, I can affect my sales, uh, that marketing is entirely up to me. And in fact, even traditionally published authors will look at indie authors and say, oh, you know, it's, it sucks for them. This is like a hard thing for them because they have to spend so much time on marketing and publicity. And so there is this enduring idea that part of the reason you get a traditional publishing deal is because they will do the marketing and publicity for you, uh, which is a lovely idea. It's a, it's a delightful idea. And it's one of those, we only wish that that were true. And I won't spend a whole lot of time going into the vagaries of traditional publishing and publicity, but I will tell you, for example, I have a good friend who is a famous author, uh, whose name you would immediately recognize has won awards, has a tremendous reputation. It's tremendous at networking. And this person had a recent book release and they messaged me very upset and said that they had found out that their local bookstore, which is also a bookstore that you would have heard of, um, in a bookseller that has a great reputation had contacted this author's publisher, whose name you would also recognize big, big publisher had contacted that publisher initially about having this author's release at their bookstore and having an event and the publisher never responded. Fortunately, this author, hustles a whole lot and set up the event themselves, uh, which is, I'm sorry, what you have to do because this is not, I mean, as aggravating as this is. And, and when I read this on the chat, I did this. Um, I even looked for a gift for it and I couldn't find the thing that I wanted, but I did that slow indrawn gasp of horror <gasps> because I mean, this was a gimme. This is, this was, it would have been so easy. Did not reply. And, and I'm sorry to tell you that this happens all the time. Um, why? I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I can be very open about this at this point. Um, you know, like with Kensington, when the pages of the mind was a Rita finalist, I shouldn't keep ending my sentences like a question. <laughs> Uh, I was at RWA, uh, down in Orlando at the dolphin swan resort, my publicist who I really like, I mean, delightful person was at the freaking conference. Kensington in no way acknowledged that this book that they published was up for a Rita award. And many people ask me if I think it's made a difference for sales. And I will say, absolutely. That book has gotten a lot of notice that it might not have otherwise gotten. There were other publishers there who had, um, like big wall banners for their books that were Rita finalists. Nope, not for me. And then my book one fucking one. Thank you. (laughs) 
I'm still happy about that. And my publicist who was at the conference did not know until Monday morning. And she emailed me and she said, Oh, I didn't realize until today that the book won. Congratulations. <laughs> and that's it. Um, whether <laughs> there's this idea that the more marketing you get, or I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. There's this idea that the bigger advance you get, the more likely you're to get you're going to get those marketing dollars that the publisher will be more behind you if you have a big advance. Maybe yes. I mean there's a certain logic to it but the thing about traditional publishing is is that it's not always logical and yes they may give you that push they may not. Uh, <laughs> you know, if the person who is the champion of the book leaves the publisher, you know, you're orphaned, uh, they, they are not a well oiled publicity machine. And so the thing is, is like, we will have, we'll be talking about programming for a conference and we will talk about, you know, like different tracks and you know, which stuff is for what kind of authors. And a frequent, frequent conversation of the last few years is when we suggest something like, um, you know, maximizing your Amazon sales or even just something as basic as promo, promo and marketing for, for your book. And I have had friends who've pointed out, uh, who know more about this than I do that marketing is what you do before you produce the product that you discover what the market wants. And that promo is what you do when you have the product, but people use it interchangeably. So if you're going to do pause, I had to reassemble my thought train there, uh, doing promo for books, uh, is a frequent request that we get for, uh, programming, but people will say, oh, well, so that's for the indie author track. And for the traditionally published authors, we need to, and I want to scream. I want to slap people up the upside the head because there's this enduring idea as epitomized by this poor debut authors blog post that, that they cannot affect sales if they're traditionally published. It's like, well, you can't see your sales in real time. And that kind of sucks because you can't tell when something that you've done is moved the needle or not, but I'm sorry every author has to do promo. And I think a lot of authors don't want to, which I sympathize because we're, we're writers and not marketers. And if we wanted to be in marketing, we would probably do that and make more money, but you have to, you, and, and there are things that you can do as a traditionally published author to affect your sales and this throwing up of the hands and saying, well, very little, very, very, she even did two varies, very, very little I can do actually makes a significant impact on those sales numbers is just flat wrong. And, and I'm sorry that she believes that there is a great deal you can do to affect your sales numbers. And I wish that there was not this enduring idea that traditionally published authors don't need to go to 
programming about marketing, about, about promo. Um, and I'm already at 16 minutes because I did talk about this for a long time. And I know I keep promising to talk about what you can do with a series. So I'm going to put that down definitely for Monday. Um, this makes up for all those days when I don't really have that much to say, right? Uh, but sort of to lay the groundwork for this, this is the other thing that traditionally published authors can do to affect their sales numbers is to think about, especially if, and this seems to be the case, if traditional publishers are saying, we want a series, we want a continuing series from you, then it is incumbent. I'm, I'm, I'm putting this strongly. I I've been opinionated this week, haven't I? It is incumbent upon authors to figure out what it is that makes a series sell through work. And, and that means crunching your sales figures, people. Um, I know that there are a lot of traditionally published authors who do not read their royalty statements. Uh, I, for, you know, speaking of time that we spend on business, I go through all of my royalty statements every single month. Um, indie sales are the ones that come monthly. Uh, some of my traditionally published books, I get royalty statements quarterly. Some I get biannually. All of them go in my spreadsheets and I run numbers on those. And I know not everybody is into mathing, but then find someone to do it for you. I, I'm, I'm very, very serious about this. And I absolutely understand that reading royalty statements is a total pain in the ass. They make it very difficult to read, um, to understand. And you know what, maybe I should do, I should do programming, a seminar on how to read your royalty statements. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to write that down. Hold on. I keep thinking I should get these workshops up, do a Patreon or do some paid workshops. Uh, it's one of the many things on my very long list. At any rate, I need to do, I should do a program on teaching people to read royalty statements. Cause I think there are a lot of trad pub authors who don't know how, and there's actually only a few simple numbers you need to look at. And, but you need to know, you need to run. It's really simple math. You need to look at how many books are sold in ebook and print and knowing that your trad publisher only looks at print, how many of those books are sold for each book in the series. And then it's simple math. It's like how many are sold of book two versus of book one, how many are sold of book three versus the first two. And that is going to tell you how your series sell through is. And if you do this for different series, you're going to see changes. You're going to see differences in them. And then we can analyze what makes series sell through good or what makes it sucky. And it is true that you are always, always, always going to see drop off from book one to book two, always, always, always. And that is because many people are going to read book one. It's not because readers prefer standalone books. In my experience, there are a few, but the vast majority prefers a series, but they're only going to continue with a series if it's their catnip, right? So a lot of readers are going to read your first book. They're probably there's going to be a certain percentage that tap out early on 
there's a certain percentage that are going to DNF it at some point. Um, and it's, that's okay. That's, um, trying the different chocolates in the box. And if you don't find the one that's, you know, you bite into one and it's coconut and you hate coconut. That's me. It's like, you say, does anyone else want this coconut candy? Or you throw it in the trash and go for another one and hope for like that strawberry nougat or something. And that's just, that's reader preference and that's life. All right. I hope I, I won't, I won't say I promise, but I will try to talk more about series sell through on Monday. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you Monday. You all take care. Bye.